So welcome to the topic of this week's energy show. We're talking about EVs or electric vehicles. We've done shows in the past about saving money with EVs. That trend will continue. EVs or electric vehicles keep getting cheaper. And electricity from solar keeps getting cheaper. We're down to about six cents a kilowatt hour if you've got solar on your roof. And gas prices, although you know, right now in the middle of 2016, they're kind of low, they're going to go up again, no doubt about it. So the equipment that the cars are getting cheaper and the fuel, since it's going to be generated from solar, is getting uh, cheaper. Economics are just in a, in a good direction. But it's easy to overlook the other benefits of EVs. In a nutshell, they're fun to drive. They'll change your transportation experience. And as a result, it's creating huge changes in the automobile industry. Now, I've driven an EV uh, for the past few years. It's a Chevy Volt. I've been really, really happy with it. And I'm a convert to EVs. They're fun to drive mainly because of the electric motors. It just has a different driving characteristic compared to a gas engine. The reason is that electric motors give you instant torque. They, they, they turn on and they speed up almost instantly. Torque is that twisting force. And so high torque means those tires get twisted really hard and really fast. And what that means is you get really fast acceleration. So gas cars, you hit the gas, and there's usually a little bit of a lag, and then they accelerate slowly, but then they accelerate pretty steadily, and, and sometimes in the middle of the range, they, they, they speed up even more. But what's interesting is even the small EVs, the ones that are on performance EVs, like the Chevy Volt, it's not a performance car, they have a lot of torque, and they have some pretty darn good low-end acceleration. Now, when you're looking at cars and comparing them, a lot of car companies compare the 0 to 60 acceleration if you're looking for something quick. Or, you know, in, in the rest of the civilized world, they're talking about 0 to 100 kilometers per hour. What's interesting is because of the really high, fast acceleration at low speeds, the EVs beat just about every normal gas car in 0 to 30 acceleration. It's kind of like from the stoplight to, you know, once you're up to, uh, you know, 30 or 40 miles an hour. That's because of the low torque. And even the economy cars, the economy EVs are quick. They're little, they're like little go-karts. It kind of reminds me of uh, driving a golf cart even. Now, some EVs, like Teslas, are really designed for performance. They may have four-wheel drive, they'll have four electric motors, and those things can accelerate in the three-second range which is about as fast as a gas car can go. And what happens with, with cars, whether it's gas or EVs, when you accelerate really fast, the tires start to spin. So rather than sending all the power to the, the rear two wheels, a lot of cars have a four-wheel drive, and then all four tires are kind of clawing at the same time as you accelerate. And with an electric vehicle, it's pretty easy to just put another couple of little motors on the front wheel. They don't have to be as big as the, the rear motors, but you can put them there. And that's what Tesla did, and that's what a lot of other cars have done. And as a result, these performance EVs, they're faster than, than almost any other souped-up sports car. It's like, like an amusement ride. It's, it's kind of like plummeting. You, you feel that pit in your stomach going down. As I mentioned, even the EVs like the Volt and the Leaf and the new Chevy Bolt and some of those, they're pretty fast to 30 miles an hour. Um, and they're respectable to 60 miles an hour. And that's even including the added weight of the battery packs. Because don't forget, those EVs are relatively heavy cars. They've got a, maybe a, a 500 pounds or more. 
of usually lithium ion or nickel metal hydride batteries. And they, they put these batteries um, in, in a low spot in the car, you know, right underneath the floor pan, ideally, if the car's designed for it. And that way you get better performance. It lowers the center of gravity. And the batteries are heavier than the gas engines and the gas tanks and everything else. So you end up with a, a car that's, that's a little bit heavier. But the EVs were designed for this weight, and they've got heavier shocks and, and um, the, the steering and the suspension is designed for that. Now, the, the consequence is because of the weight, the cornering performance is generally not as good as a sports car. You just can't throw this car around the curves like you could a lighter weight sports car. It's just a lot of weight. But um, they, they still perform pretty well. And I'm not aware of anybody that's got an EV that's really unhappy with the car. Um, there are some disadvantages, and we'll get to those. Now, there's, there's other differences from the, the gasoline cars that we've always driven. You get into these, these EVs, and it's just a little bit different. Sometimes you don't even have a key. You've got this, um, you know, little electronic uh, device, and a lot of newer cars, gas cars, have those too. But the, the starting is with a push button. You don't have to turn the key and start a starter mode. There's a push button, and then basically it starts right away. It, it's kind of funny in the EVs that I've been in that kind of reminds me of my computer. It, it takes a few seconds for the car to boot up. Even though it should start right away, there's electronics that have to wake up a little bit. That takes two or three seconds, and then boom, you know, put it into gear and, and and start driving. Now, they're very, very quiet. Some people would say too quiet. They're quieter on the highway because you don't have that engine noise. I mean, zero engine noise. You just hear the tires and the wind. But when you're in parking lots or driving slowly, pedestrians can't hear you. And, you know, I have this experience just, you know, in our office at Cinnamon Solar, just driving through the parking lot. People are just kind of walking obliviously. They don't know that there's a car behind them. And you don't want to lean on the horn and scare them. So what's kind of funny is that a lot of the EVs have a special horn, a special horn button that just does a courteous little beep beep. Instead of like a, you know, a loud, big, big noise. And, and uh, it's just enough to let people know. Because you can't rev the engine and, and, you know, make any other engine noise. You're just kind of creeping up on them. So very, very quiet. It's a good thing. They have different heating and cooling systems. It, there's no hot energy to supply heat to the inside of the car. So people who need cooling in the, in the northern parts of the country or, you know, even in the southern parts of the country where it gets cooler in the winter, normally your, your car's, um, gas car is just generating a lot of heat. Radiators radiating that heat out. There's a fan. It's getting rid of that heat. Well, when you want to heat the car in the winter, when it's cold, you just send that heat inside the car. It's free. It's waste heat. Um, electric cars don't have that. Um, there's um, There's from the air conditioning standpoint, there's no belt-driven compressor. You open up the hood of a gas car, there's a belt that's running a compressor. It's a little air conditioning compressor. Same thing that you have in your house. Um, so, so you don't have a compressor, you don't have a radiator. The way the EVs generate heating and cooling is generally with, with a heat pump. It's, it's kind of like a, a, a new heating system. It's the same as an air conditioner, and it, it provides cool air during the summer, but in the winter, that heat pump kind of runs in reverse and you're able to generate heat. So that's what's blowing air. It's, it's an electrically driven heat pump with an electrically driven compressor and that, that's running a coolant and, and that's giving you your, uh, your heat. Now, you also generally have resistive heating coils in the seats that warm up the seats in, in other ways so that you get heat in two different ways from that thermal electric heating and then from a heat pump. The end result, because you don't have free gas you know, hot water generated in a radiator is you use more battery power 
to heat the car in the winter. So your, your mileage in the winter is significantly less than your mileage in the summer. It's kind of a surprise. You look at the little mileage indicator and it says uh, you can go 38 miles in, in the summer and then in the winter it go down to like 32 miles. And, and that's a big difference. Now from, from the economics, the economics in the summer, it's about the same as a regular car. Now, the next thing is about an electric vehicle is you have to think about plugging in to get the best, the cheapest range. You don't just plug in anywhere. You're thinking about, hey, where can I get the cheapest electricity for my car? Just like you shop around for the cheapest gas station. And this thinking, it just adds another step to your parking when you're parking your car. Because you've got to plug the car in at home every time you get there. And you know, I've, I have a 38 mile range in my vault. If I drive 15 miles to and from work, I got to charge it up every night. Whereas my gas car, I just pull into the garage. I don't, you know, might fill it up once a week. So you've got to plug in all the time. Now that's probably going to change in a few years when they have automated charging pads or, you know, little robotic things are going to plug in. But right now it's a little bit of a pain in the neck. You got to plug the thing in. And it could also be inconvenient if you're um, renting or if you don't have a convenient place to plug your car in um, at, at night. Now, last but not least, there's the time savings that you get with an electric vehicle. And the reason why we have those time savings is that in, in some states like California, electric vehicles give you free access to the high occupancy vehicle lane. It's the carpool lane, but it, it can just be you. But these EVs have a sticker that give you free access to that. And there's still some stickers available in California. Even if you buy a used EV, the used EV comes with those stickers. And a lot of people who are stuck in these long commutes buy an EV just so that they can cut their commute time by 15 minutes or 30 minutes uh, every every morning or every evening. It makes a big difference. You drive on the highway and there's that HOV lane and that lane's moving along at 40 or 50 miles an hour and then the other two lanes or three lanes of the highway, they're just like bumper to bumper. So it's a big improvement and a, a, a valuable time savings. Now, talk about disadvantages to EVs. If you're a renter, you might not have a place to plug in. So a lot of renters uh, have EVs because they can plug them in at work or they may have another charging station that's accessible. It's pain in the neck to plug your car in when it's raining or snowing if you don't have a garage. Um, sometimes I park my car outside. It's raining. I got to plug it in. Um, and, you know, you're just, it's another uh, 30 seconds where you're in the rain plugging in. It's a little bit of a pain in the neck. And then the other disadvantage is this whole thing about range anxiety. You do you want to think about what your mileage is? Some EVs, like the Volt, have a backup gas engine. Don't worry about it. Some EVs have really long ranges, you know, 200 miles in a, in a Tesla. So you don't have that range anxiety as often unless you're um, going on a long trip. But there's other smaller EVs that might have a, you know, a 40 or 50 or 80 mile range. And you might get a little bit worried. So that's something to consider. Now, the other thing about EVs is they're typically smaller cars. They're just now starting to come out with bigger EVs, but there's no EV pickups and there's no massive SUVs. You're getting um, the smaller SUVs. Tesla's got one. Mercedes is coming out with one. And the reason is that bigger vehicles are heavier and heavier vehicles need a lot more energy to move them. And you need more batteries. So that's not happening. Although for short range delivery applications, you know, like buses and delivery vehicles, they are starting to come out with EVs there. It makes a lot of sense. I keep wondering why the U.S. Postal Service doesn't convert their old gas buggies and these old Jeep things to EVs, but probably because they don't have the money for it. But boy, you know, it just, uh, it'd be very, very elegant to have the, the postman or woman just in an EV, just going from house to house instead of turning it on, turning it off, turning it off. Okay. We talked about the qualitative kind of fun to drive benefits of EVs. 
They're, they're very, very cool. But what about the quantitative benefits? Are you going to save money? Well, let's dig into the current EV economics. All right. From the standpoint of purchase costs, it's still typically more expensive to buy an EV than a comparable gas vehicle. And although the, the electric vehicle is fundamentally simpler, the, the electric engine is simpler than a gas engine, because gas engine needs all these other peripheral equipment items, the EVs have battery packs, and the batteries are still very expensive, but those batteries are coming down in price steadily. So that's going to get better. But when you consider the incentives out there for EVs, the um, EVs are about the same as a comparable gas vehicle. I'm just going to kind of talk about that the big incentive is the federal tax credit. Most of the pure EVs out there, pretty much all of them, have a $7,500 federal tax credit. That means that you get, you reduce your taxes by $7,500. It's a straight $7,500 savings. That's the BMW i3, the Chevy Spark, the Volt, the Bolt, the Fiat, the Ford Focus, the, the Mercedes has a couple, Mitsubishi, the Leaf, the Tesla, Volkswagen. You get $7,500 right off your taxes. There's also state incentives. For example, California has a $1,500 rebate. So in California, $7,500 plus $1,500, you take $9,000 off the sticker price of your EV. That's pretty significant. So that $35,000 EV, like the Volt, comes down to about $26,000 after credits. Next big factor, EV maintenance. Well, let's just kind of step through the main maintenance items on cars. Tires. All right, EVs have tires. You're going to wear those out at about the same pace as a regular car. Oil change. There's no oil change on a straight EV because there's no oil. There's no motor. Automatic transmission fluid. None. Nothing to change there. Coolant. Air conditioning. Batteries. Probably about the same. You still have a cooling system. You know, air conditioner might have to change that air filter every once in a while. About the same as your gas car. Fuel. We'll get to more of that later. It really depends on where you charge. Spark plugs and wires. Nothing. Air cleaner. There is no air cleaner because there's no air going into the engine. The brakes. This is kind of an interesting one. EVs use regenerative braking. So you, you don't have as much wear on the brake pads and the rotors. And then the, the, the last item is the big maintenance that you might have at 100 or 150,000 miles. You know, gas cars have issues there. And EVs, um, the motors will still be fine, but it really depends on your battery. And, and, you know, candidly, the jury's still out on that. Now, as far as fuel costs for EVs, let's compare them to, to gas vehicles. And the EPA has this thing called MPGE, which is miles per gallon equivalent. It assumes that a gallon of gas has 33.7 kilowatt hours of energy in it. Now, what's really interesting, when I kind of look at the MPGE of all the electric vehicles, I'm kind of, you know, the highest MPGE is the BMW i3. It has 137 or 124 combined miles per gallon, 137 on the highway, one um, in the city, and 111 in the highway. So 124. Now, the worst EV, I'm going to kind of flip through all these pages here. The worst EV is the Mercedes-Benz uh, B250. That's 84 miles per gallon. Not a big difference, 124 to 84. What's interesting is all the EVs have about the same mileage. doesn't matter if they're big or small. You know, it's probably the, the, the bigger they are, they might use a little bit more energy in terms of electricity, but not a huge difference. And the EPA also rates the cars based on the amount of money you'll spend to drive them for a year. And, you know, that's just in terms of fuel costs or, you know, electricity costs. Now, obviously, you're going to spend more on electricity in Hawaii or California than you will in a state like Florida. 
But, you know, the difference is really amazing. $550 per year for the BMW, the Chevy Spark, the Volkswagen e-Golf, the Nissan Leaf. You know, they're all pretty, pretty darn cheap. The most expensive one, the highest end EV, it's like $800 a year. Teslas are, um, let's see what we've got for Teslas over here. Teslas are $750 a year. Not a big difference. So uh, unlike ordinary cars where you might have a mileage difference of 14 miles per gallon combined up to like 50 for an efficient one, EVs, it's, it's only like a 25% difference. So that's pretty significant. Now, I, I mentioned that it all really depends on your local electric costs and actually where you charge. So California electric rates, average for the whole state is about 20 cents a kilowatt hour. Average for the home, because people are using air conditioning, it's about 30 cents a kilowatt hour. So at 30 cents, it can be kind of pricey to charge your EV. Now, states like Florida, um, where electricity is a lot less, and you might be spending 12 cents or 15 cents a kilowatt hour. So the EVs make even more sense there. Gas prices, where you're comparing it to, they may vary a little bit from state to state. California's expensive. New Jersey's really cheap, but not enormously. So you kind of have to look at where, what your charging cost is. Now, what's also interesting is there's places where you can charge sometimes for free. So many companies offer free charging stations. So you charge at work for free. Drive the car in, park it, plug it in, charge up. That's a nice benefit that a lot of companies offer, although um, it's expensive for them to provide that. Or you charge at home. You can charge at home very, very cheaply in, in two circumstances. One, if you have solar, and then, you know, it's, we're talking about six or seven cents a kilowatt hour. And two, they have sometimes special EV charging rates that, that kick in from, you know, at night, in the middle of the night when people aren't using electricity. So take advantage of that. Now, one thing you have to watch out for is there's some public charging stations. You get these little cards and you can charge up. I found when I calculated out that those public charging stations are usually pretty expensive. They might let you charge up for an hour for like $5. Well, you know, depending on your car, you might not really get a full charge in an hour. Obviously, you probably won't. So that could be kind of expensive. Tesla offers free charging stations, so that's pretty darn good if you have uh, any of the, the bigger Teslas. That, that's a great deal. So think about where you charge. That last thing to talk about. When should you think about buying an EV? Well, you know, it's interesting how the economics work. It's a supply and demand situation. When gas is relatively cheap, like now, um, the auto companies have been ramping up to make EVs for five years, and now they're starting to crank them out. Well, if gas is cheap. People are saying, why do I have to buy an EV? I, I got cheap gas. Well, guess what? That They're reducing the cost of those EVs to sell more EVs. And inevitably, without a doubt, gas is going to get expensive again. So now is a pretty good time to think about buying an EV because you know gas prices are going to go up and the manufacturers are trying to get rid of those cars. They got a lot backing up on the lot and they're coming out with a lot new models too. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of momentum from car manufacturers. All right. Well, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. If you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcasts. (music) 